We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Setting the Pace, your go-to Pacers podcast with Alex Golden and Michael Fachi. Duarte, he knows where the clock is, lets it fly and hits again. Beat him up. Brogdon goes inside and Turner finishes. Warren lets it fly. Yes! T.J. Warren is not human. Stevenson. Jackson the catch. Jackson the basket. Pacers got the steal. Outrunning is Brissett. Pounds it home. Washington again. Five of them. Go, go! Good job! It's it to Taylor. Taylor missed it. Tips it in. Oh, the, pace, the Pacers clearly yeah. won this trade. Yeah. The Pacers clearly won this trade. Dropped it off to Jalen Smith with the poster. Healed. Hotter than fish grease. Halliburton going to slam it at the other end. This is Tyrese Halliburton. Just got here in Indiana. Um, I'm super excited to meet you guys. and super excited to get started here. Go Pacers. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Setting the Pace. We're recording this before the Pacers-Bucks game, so we will not be covering that on today's show. But we do want to talk about the last two games, and we also want to talk about Tyrese Halliburton's letter in the Players' Tribune. Fachi, what's going on, brother? How you doing? Hey, doing great. But yeah, when you mentioned the, the Players' Tribune article, I love those articles because it really gives you like the true sense of what the players are going through, hearing directly from them. And Halliburton mentions, I mean, just in a matter of, 30 minutes or so, it went from, oh, there's really no chance you'll be you know, moved to, yeah, you're going to Indiana. And uh, from our point of view, we're thrilled. Oh, my God, we got Tyrese Halliburton. But then you really break down the actual motions that he went through in there. And uh, it, it was pretty telling. He was ready for the grind of bringing Sacramento back to the highest level. And I look forward to him doing that in Indiana. Yeah, and, and I thought it was really cool that he said he was really, really, really all in in Sacramento. Um, you got to wonder if that's going to translate here to Indiana. He talked about wanting to be the Chris Webber for that city. And I don't know if he realizes or not, but wasn't Chris Webber traded there? He wasn't drafted there. He was traded there. So it does kind of turn it around a bit. Though. Right. So he, he, you know, maybe you could, you know, draw a parallel here and say, hey, look, you, uh, you're, you are kind of like Chris Webber. You got traded as a young player. And uh, you're going to an Indiana franchise that needs a face. And so I, I really enjoyed it. You could feel the emotion from everything that he was saying. You know, just imagine, like he said, everybody on the in the locker room 
thought he would be the last one to be traded. Uh, he loved Sacramento that much and really wanted to be there for that rebuild, but they felt like they needed to go in a different direction. And so, you know, the Pacers, once again, just, you know, it, it seems really exciting to get a player like this. And I know fans have been skeptical because we've had Paul George, Victor Oladipo, those kind of players say positive things about being here and then leaving. But, you know, it just feels a little bit different this time with uh, with Halliburton. It really does, because with Hal Burton, look, if he was all in on what they were doing in Sacramento, then, I mean, he should be excited to come to Indiana, where there is far more of a rich history over here. And and I do think that this is not like a ground-level rebuild by any means. So I love that he's up for it. So, I mean, basically just how he left it off. I'm coming here to create a legacy that makes Pacer fans proud. It's just two games in. (laughs) I'm already proud. I feel like this is someone who's going to get it going on the court, going to get it off the court with his teammates. And then also, I feel like Hal Burton's going to embrace the community, just mm-hmm. like he did in Sacramento. And I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, just real quick, I want to read read the little part that he said about Indiana. He said, as a Midwestern, uh, Miss Midwesterner, it's hard not to be thrilled about playing for the Pacers. Indianapolis is driving distance from my hometown of Oshkosh. And I know my family is very happy to have me back close to home. Let me be clear, though. It's not going to be about just playing close to home. It's going to be about winning. The Pacers, there's history there. This is a team that has been in the playoffs routinely for pretty much my entire life. This is a franchise that knows what it takes. Plus, to get the chance to play for Rick Carlisle, someone who's won it all, a guy who's coached some of the best, that's going to be incredible for me. I'm really liking this group we have, too. Miles is crazy versatile. He's going to protect and anchor our defense. That's a given. And I couldn't wait to play with Lance Stevenson because as a LeBron fan growing up, I used to despise that guy. He was like a nemesis, but because he was so good at what he did, uh, because he was so good at what he did. So now it's cool to be his teammate. And Chris Duarte, the rookie, I've been watching him and I absolutely love his game. Man, I'm telling you, I really could go up and down the roster. We have the pieces to be a problem in the East soon. So then you kind of hit it on what he said there anyway, you know, really excited to be here. But just reading all that as a Pacer fan, you have to be thrilled for, for the player that's coming in. Absolutely. I was beyond fired up. I was like, I need to watch some Halliburton highlights now. <laughs> yeah. And look, Alex, through two games, I'm loving what I'm seeing. Because right now, I mean, if you're ready to get into it, in the two games that we've had Tyrese Halliburton throw some numbers at you, he's averaging 22.5 points per game on 55% shooting, 55% from three, and that's 10 of 18 from three. So it's not like it's, you know, just a handful of threes over here. He's also averaging 11 assists in Mm. those two games, coming off of a game where he had 22 and 16 assists. This man hasn't even built chemistry with his teammates yet, and he's already putting out 16 assists. I cannot wait until he develops chemistry with his team. Yeah, no, I definitely think, and I I was listening to some different podcasts today just trying to prep for – what everybody was saying around the league in terms of who Tyrese Halliburton is and and Jonathan Sharks, he's been on our show before on the Ringer NBA show. He said that he reached out to his high school coaches and his college coaches. And basically like, you see how weird his shot form is. It was way worse in high school and they had to like kind of fix it a little bit. And so he was like shooting from his knees is what they said. I thought that was interesting, but his coach at Iowa state also said Tyrese doesn't look for his shot enough. And I feel the same way. I agree with that. I felt like Tyrese, as great of a passer as he is, he could be more selfish in his shot attempts. And I would like to see that uptick over the next couple of years. I would like to see him continue to do that. And I think that's something 
all Kings fans wanted as well when he was in Sacramento. But with that being said, I love what I saw so far from him. I really like the aggressiveness we've seen from Buddy Hield. He was not very efficient on the Sunday game, but in that game on Friday, he looked really good. But I think the player that's been the most consistent for me anyway over the last two games, O'Shea Brissett. Uh, this is a, a welcome sign as he looks like the perfect four for this style, this system. And so, you know, whether he's a long-term starter or he comes off the bench as a sixth man, I think we are seeing the best version of O'Shea now with Tyrese Halliburton as the, uh, as the point guard. Absolutely. So look, just to crunch those numbers over the last three games, since the Pacers made those trades, O'Shea is averaging 18.3 points per game on 46% shooting, 44% from three, and 10 rebounds per game. Mm. I mean, I admitted it last episode. I've slept on O'Shea a bit, but I feel like when you give this man some true playing time, he's been great. I feel like he started out, not to say in Carlisle's doghouse, but Carlisle seemed like he wasn't an O'Shea guy. And O'Shea has proven, hey, I'm very much a piece of this young core too. Don't forget about me. So I love that. But the last thing I want to say, uh, you know, when we're going around, around the horn here on this young core, Jalen Smith. Mm, talk to me. Jalen Smith, my God, this guy has looked like a stud out here. In yeah. two games as a pacer, 14 and a half points per game on 65% shooting, four, 43% from three, and seven and a half rebounds per game in just 22 minutes per game. Yeah. He looks smooth out there. I mean, I hope this guy doesn't play himself out of a contract that we can offer. But right now, he looks like the poster guy for someone who needed a change of scenery. Yeah, he's also gotten he's also gotten one block in each of those games yep. too, Fachi. Mm -hmm. So you know, Jalen Smith is a is an interesting guy. It's funny because Monty Williams from the Suns said that he, you know, they drafted him thinking he would be a power forward, but he actually is more of a center. But now with the Pacers basically having no power forwards outside of O'Shea Brissett, he's had to play some four, and he's looked good at it. He's played some five as well. Um, I think negatively, we've talked about it a little bit. We talked about it on Sunday, but Goga Batadze has not looked very good. Um, with this group. I know Rick Carlisle was giving him praise after the game against the Timberwolves. So, you know, every time Carlisle gives praise now, it always seems to be for guys that he wants off the roster. So, you know, you know, when it, when it's like random, like where are we getting this Goga praise from? Like he didn't do that much, but you know, he's okay. I mean, he's, he's, he's a, he's a role player, right? I don't think too much of Goga. He's a starter, but um, right now with the injuries. So it's a, it's an interesting dynamic, but overall I've, I've been impressed. I think that, Tristan Thompson has been a good teammate so far, which is good. Uh, you've seen him and Buddy and Tyrese playing some minutes together, and I think that is purposeful because I think Rick Carlisle is trying to establish some type of chemistry, and since those three players already have that chemistry, it makes sense to pair them together. Yeah, it's definitely very possible, and I've, I've seen them play together. Look, I, I didn't know if Tristan Thompson was actually going to put on a Pacer jersey, but obviously he's played in the last two games. And it seems that if he is going to still remain on the team moving forward, that he would still be a part of the rotation. I believe the Pacers have until about March 1st or so to yeah. buy him out. Not sure what they'll do over there, but I just, I don't want him to take away minutes from those that need it. So yeah, no, I, helps, I think he'll have a veteran on the team, but you know, yeah. yeah. Well, he's still not getting a lot of minutes over no. like, you know, they're still playing Goga and, Terry Taylor and Jalen Smith right now over him. Obviously, Isaiah Jackson is still out with that injury, and it looks like Chris Duarte will miss the uh, the Rising Stars game with yeah, that toe injury. So that's a big bummer as well. But, I mean, you know, I liked what I saw early on in that game against Cleveland between, between Duarte 
and Tyrese Halliburton. I think that there's something there. I, I think that Halliburton's excited about playing with him. Um, but, you know, I'm really excited to see how Turner fits into the system as well. We'll see that after the All-Star break more than likely. There's a chance we see Brogdon tonight. I'm not sure. But overall, Flachi, that is what I'm excited about. Any final thoughts before I take a quick break? No, I was just going to say, yeah, Tristan Thompson's playing now. But when you bring Miles Turner and Isaiah Jackson back into the fold, that's what I'm curious to see, you know, what happens. I think for now, while we're a little bit short on bodies, it's definitely great to have him. But, yeah. um, you know, curious, curious to see how that works once Turner and Isaiah get healthy. Yeah, guys, so let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to bring on Matt George from Locked on Kings to give us a little bit more insight on on Buddy Heald, Tyrese Halliburton, and Tristan Thompson. We'll be right back after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right. Joining us now from Locked on Kings, he is the host, Matt George. And, you know, obviously a very interesting trade went down last week between the Pacers and the Kings. DeMontis Savonis, the headliner there, going to Sacramento, along with Justin Holliday and Jeremy Lamb. For Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. So I think this is a trade that surprised both fan bases quite a bit in the league altogether. Um, not, not so much because Sabonis is on the move, but that's Tyrese Halliburton was involved in this trade. So after reading Halliburton's article in the, in the Players' Tribune, can you just kind of walk me through what you thought uh, as soon as that trade went down? What are some of the emotions or thoughts that went through your head? 
Yeah, my initial response was actually like a, a shocked anger just because um, I, I had said on Locked on Kings for months, really, that no player on a team as bad as the Sacramento Kings has been, as disappointing as the Sacramento Kings have been, no player was untradeable. But if there's anybody that it was as close to untradeable status as you could possibly be on a bad team, it was Tyrese Halliburton. He was the first uh, pick ever, first really move ever of general manager Monty McNair here in Sacramento, uh, the number 12 pick who's easily top three from that draft class uh i thought for sure that if there was going to be fireworks uh happening in the sacramento trade that it was going to be De'Aaron fox's name on the chopping block uh and not uh tyrese but uh in the end after i thought about it a little bit more the sacramento kings were able to turn tyrese halliburton into a guy who's, who's a two-time all-star and who is a, a, a pass passing big man who I think compliments and fits better with the Aaron Fox and his style of play better than Tyrese Halliburton did. Uh, so the, the initial reaction, Alex was, was shock frustration. Um, and then it, it turned into a realization that the Kings are, are making both a short and long-term play. They're gambling for sure. Giving up the, the control of a young player like Halliburton who does have all the star potential on the planet to get a star right now, but thankfully Sabonis is only 25 years old under contract for another two years uh, has some roots in California that the Kings I know are going to try and cash in on when it comes to contract negotiations in a couple of seasons. Uh, so overall, I think it's a great trade for both teams, uh, but certainly a painful one for a lot of Kings fans who love Tyrese. You know, in the Players' Tribune article, Tyrese Halliburton really talked about embracing the challenge of winning in Sacramento. Uh, can you shed a little bit of light on, you know, perhaps Tyrese and his role you know, in the community as well as, you know, being connected with his teammates? Yeah, Tyrese bought into the Sacramento community from the absolute get-go, supporting local businesses, buying uh, buying shirts and, and other clothing apparel from local Sacramento companies that had to do with the, the current Sacramento Kings, the, the throwbacks to the 2002 Kings teams and the glory days. Uh, he was present at a lot of high school football games he would try and go to a lot. Uh, he just very much bought into the Sacramento community. Uh, and, and I know why he did that. De'Aaron Fox was somewhat similar when Fox first came to Sacramento and Fox actually released a players tribune video going into his second season saying a lot of the things similar to what uh, Halliburton would say, or was saying in that tribune article without of course being traded. Um, and, and it's that players recognize, especially young players, young stars recognize that if you are the guy that leads this Kings team back to the playoffs, that brings the playoffs back to Sacramento after 15 plus years, a, a decade and a half of no playoff basketball, you will be immortalized in this city. Plus, it, it, it immortalizes you around the NBA. You were the guy that got this franchise that has been in the gutter for so long out of it. And I know he recognized that. I know De'Aaron Fox recognized that. But it wasn't just selfish for Tyrese. He genuinely loved this community. He loved the fan base. Uh, and he was 100% bought into making things work here. Uh, unfortunately, the Kings made a decision and Tyrese had to be sacrificed for what could either be the move that finally puts the Kings back into a, a playoff picture in the next season or two, or a move that sets the Kings back another five, 10 years. Yeah, it was interesting listening to Kevin Pritchard talk about this move, and it sounded like the Pacers were the aggressor in going out and getting Halliburton, and he was a guy they targeted, and he was a guy they wanted. And uh, he said after some hard negotiations, they, they finally got a deal done. So I thought that was interesting for him to be kind of so transparent about that, um, seeing that the Pacers were obviously the aggressor. But we know the Kings were looking to make some moves too. But um, in terms of Tyrese Halliburton, the player, 
what did you guys in Sacramento love so much about his game? And how do you think he will translate that with this Pacers roster? That's a little bit different built than um, how the Kings roster was currently constructed. Well, first off, I don't know if I believe fully that the the Pacers were the aggressor in this trade because the Sacramento Kings have been looking aggressively for a star, looking for a swing for the fences move uh, that made sense for a while. It's really one of the only things this team hasn't tried during this 15-year playoff drought is to go and and uh, take a risk on a, a high-profile player like Sabonis. Uh, so I know the Kings have been asking and interested in Sabonis, not just this season, but for years. Now, the Pacers might have been the aggressors in the saying, if you if you want a deal done, then we're going to have to get Tyrese Halliburton back or no Mm -hmm. deal. And it makes a whole hell of a lot of sense for the Pacers to want Halliburton over Fox when they're starting a rebuild, even though Fox is a better player than Halliburton right now, although not by much. He's extremely expensive compared to Tyrese Halliburton, who's oh, yeah. an absolute bargain in the league right now. So it, it makes total sense for why the Pacers um, made that move and and or made that demand of Halliburton. And I wonder how much the move of C.J. McCollum to the New Orleans Pelicans, who are direct competition for the Kings for a play-in spot in the West, I wonder how much that, I guess, tipped the Kings over the edge to finally say, okay, fine. Here's Tyrese Halliburton, but you also have to take Buddy Heald in that contract too. Um, so, but to go back to your original question, Alex, uh, the Tyrese Halliburton is a player. He's extremely smart. Uh, the biggest gripe that anybody has ever had against Tyrese Halliburton is that, is that sometimes he's too passive because he is naturally a pass-first point guard. That is who he is, and he's been told to shoot more and look for his shot more and be more selfish, not just in the NBA, not just in college. This has been something that he's heard time and time again since going back to high school, but that's really not his game. His three-point shot has translated beautifully into the NBA, even though it's not the most beautiful thing to look at. Uh, It's translated. He's over 40% uh, from three-point range. He's already shown to have the clutch gene. Plus, he just makes your teammates or his teammates and and, your your team better just by his presence on the floor, how smart he is defensively. He has a lot to work to do as an individual defender is very good at, at reading and jumping passing lanes, which allows him to get away with some things from time to time. Uh, but that's the, the probably the biggest area of growth in his game, but overall for, for someone who's just in his second year in the league, you don't get as solid and consistent as Tyrese Halliburton is very often. Uh, so the Pacers got an absolute stud. You know, I'm very excited about Halliburton. I mean, you touched on, you know, many different things. One, the contract compared to Fox is unbelievable. Uh, two, his age, his passing ability, being smart. But also, I want to know kind of from a King standpoint, as obviously you've watched a lot more Halliburton than us, what do you think the ceiling for a player like Tyrese Halliburton is for the rest of his career? A multi-time all-star. Like I think, and I'm not just talking about two times like DeMontis Sabonis. I think, I think Tyrese Halliburton can be what I maybe have to think about this a little bit. There, there are a lot of comparisons between Tyrese Halliburton and Chris Paul. And I love that. It's not that I think Tyrese can live up to what Chris Paul has become. And and Chris is obviously one of the greatest, if not the greatest point guard of all time, even though he's still chasing, uh, chasing that ring. Like what Chris Paul is to point guards, what P- Chris Paul is to his teammates, how he can get a, an athletic big paid anywhere he goes, how he can compliment anybody that you just plug him in uh, with. And it can also be a rock offensively when you need a big bucket. Chris Paul can be that guy. I think Tyrese Halliburton has a lot of Chris Paul in him, the basketball IQ, the ability to communicate, the ability to lead. Uh, and he's shown flashes of that just as a, a, a second year NBA player. So I don't know if, if it's fair to say Tyrese's ceiling is 
is what Chris Paul is because that's one of the greatest of all time. Uh, but I will say Tyrese can be a Chris Paul-esque player, a number one or at worst number two guy on a championship team with multiple all-star appearances. I believe that wholeheartedly. He has a ways to go, but based off of the trajectory that he's on, it's not absurd to, to consider that. Well, that is definitely high praise there, Matt. Um, you know, for, for Tyrese Halliburton, I'm sure like Kings fans are just like, so like, gosh, man, I wish we had this guy still. But talking about how much he wanted to kind of revive Sacramento and take them to the playoffs, do you think that Indiana could be his forever home? Do you see him as a guy that wants to be faithful to one franchise? Or do you think that, you know, give him a couple all-star appearances like we've seen here with Oladipo, Paul George, and now Sabonis, these guys end up getting moved out of Indiana. I think people are a little bit weary of, you know, we're able to kind of like build their careers up a little bit here in Indiana, then they leave us. Do you think that's Tyrese Halliburton or is he a guy that will be committed to the franchise moving forward? Yeah, I don't know Tyrese personally, and I don't know how his brain works outside of what he would share uh, in media sessions, but I do know that he takes things personally. He clearly took the Kings trading him personally as that, that Players Tribune article um, uh, suggests and, and makes perfectly clear. Like Tyrese is someone who does not buy in half-heartedly. He's, he, he goes all in and he buys in completely to where he's at. He wants to be liked, but he also wants to be successful. He wants to make a fan base proud as well as bring them a championship. Uh, that, that is who Tyrese is. So, or at least as far as I understand him. Also, if you haven't gotten the opportunity already to hear him in a press conference or interview the guy, like he's one of the best, most well-spoken players in the mm. NBA already. And he's been that since the moment he came into the league. The guy is just a phenomenal communicator on and off the floor. Um, so I think it is far more likely for Tyrese to want to spend his entire rest of his career as an Indiana Pacer more than it is he looks to chase a ring and hops from team to team. But of course, as uh, if if he were to turn into that Chris Paul type player, a multi-time all-star, but that ring was eluding him, it wouldn't surprise me necessarily if he decided, okay, I'm going to chase it a little later in my career. But as of right now, there's no reason to believe uh, why Tyrese wouldn't consider being a Pacer for life. Matt, I'm going to be honest. I am about to owe my landlord a ton of money because I'm ready to run through a wall after hearing all of that. <laughs> oh, you know, this is what we have been waiting for in Indiana, a franchise point guard that a just wants to be here or wants to be here or how do we get him? And it feels like we got our guy and Alex and I have talked for a while. How do you get a Chris Paul like player here? And to hear those comparisons is everything that we're looking for. But I thought to, to pivot over to another guy in the trade, Buddy Heald. It feels like everybody <laughs> remembers, you know, his time in college. If they hadn't watched him in New Orleans or Sacramento. But tell us a little bit about what we need to know about Buddy and why maybe it went wrong in Sacramento. Because I do remember they didn't really want to pay him, it felt like. And then it felt like once they did, things didn't necessarily improve that much. You want the downy soft version or you want the tough love? Both. <laughs> Give it to a straight. <laughs> yep. All right, Downey Soft version, Buddy Heald is a fantastic three-point shooter and will provide you some, some fun moments, can, can hit some game winners, and is a, an, a, an incredibly hard worker, also someone who rarely gets injured, so he's going to be available and he's reliable in that sense. All right, now that I got all that crap out of the way, Buddy Heald is one of the most frustrating players that, that I have ever watched. He has this elite skill that kind of became not so elite this season. I'll get into that a little bit later, but he does nothing else well. He 
had an anomaly game in his debut, almost finishing with a triple double and finishing with what was it? Eight assists, nine assists, which eight. is his, uh, yeah. Eight assists, which I think was his career high. Yeah. That's not going to happen again. Or if it does, then y'all better put some money on, on a lottery ticket or something like that. Like that is not who Buddy Heald is. He has been working on different areas of his game somewhat, but he always spends his time in the gym working on his jump shot. He has a phenomenal story of, of coming from the Bahamas, coming from nothing to become a success in the NBA. Uh, but that being said, Buddy is extremely limited. He'll make boneheaded plays sometimes on a nightly basis, bad passes, bad decisions. Defensively, he's horrific. Um, and he's just he's just a frustrating player. And I think I'm more frustrated that this team as a whole didn't work and Buddy was at the epicenter of that. I'm not saying that Buddy Heald was the problem in Sacramento by any means because this Kings team still has problems now with Buddy gone. But it was addition by subtraction, the Kings moving on from Buddy Heald. And it's not just because of his contract, although we we know now that Buddy Heald is, is, is significantly overpaid. He just doesn't work. He doesn't fit. I think he needs to go to a team where it is obvious what his role is. It is obvious that he's not a top dog. Like I, I think he would have fit well with the Los Angeles Lakers because he mm. knows he's with LeBron. He's with AD. He's with whoever else is there. You stand on the perimeter. And, and when LeBron decides to kick the ball out to you, you either hit the shot or you miss it and then sit down on the bench. Like that makes more sense to me than a situation like Indiana, where again, Buddy can claim, hey, I'm one of the best players on this team. I need the ball in my hands. The Kings enabled Buddy way too much, gave him a green light when he should have had a yellow at best. Uh, and he has the potential to hit 12 threes in a game and go absolutely supernova. And the very next night, and actually most nights this season, stat hunt and shoot your team out of a game. So I would caution Indiana Pacers fans, don't get too attached and don't get too excited by Buddy Heald. Enjoy the good games while they're there because there will be some rough ones. Yeah, and I, I definitely have seen the ups and downs of Buddy Heald's career in Sacramento. And I think part of the reason why he may have felt so you know, adamant that he was the guy as well. You guys traded the best player in franchise history, possibly, uh, and DeMarcus Cousins to him. I mean, maybe not in history, but over the last couple of years, right? You know, one of the best players you guys have had the last decade. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins for me was a high lottery pick. You know, I can understand why he might have thought, may have thought he was a little bit more, uh, um, you know, taking on a bigger role than he probably should have been. But here he was more of a salary dump kind of thing for the Pacers. I know Rick Carlisle has praised his shooting a lot because his Pacers team, you know, they suck at shooting, and uh, he definitely adds to that. And Carlisle likes to shoot a lot of threes with his offense. So, you know, I think he fits somewhat, but I also think Carlisle loves to praise guys that he's happy to move on from. And that's what he did the last couple of months here with Turner, Sabonis, Karis LeVert, and Jeremy Lamb. So um, I do want to transition a little bit now to your guys' pickup in this trade. DeMontis Sabonis, obviously, uh, you know, might not have been the trade you wanted, but you guys did get a two-time All-Star, a guy that's, you know, a really good center in this league. Um, overall thoughts on Sabonis so far in Sacramento and how have you liked him for, through his first three games? I love him. I absolutely love Sabonis. I, I've loved Sabonis for a long time. I want, I've loved the idea of getting Sabonis in Sacramento for um, for quite a while, knowing full well that it was going to take a, a hefty price in order to get him. And what I like about Sabonis so much is that he fits a style as a pass first big or a, I shouldn't say pass first. Cause he of course can score, but a passing big, he fits a style that echoes what made the Kings successful in their only stretch that they've been successful in Sacramento. That's the, talking about the glory days, the passing bigs, uh, Vlade, Divots and, and Chris Weber and how much the offense ran through them. Like Mike Bibby was the point guard of that team. 
but Mike Bibby was a scoring guard. De'Aaron Fox is a scoring guard. Now Bibby can shoot better than De'Aaron Fox can, and hopefully Fox can add that three-point shot more consistently uh, to his game overall. But immediately Fox has benefited from playing with DeMontis Sabonis. Immediately everybody on this team has benefited from playing with DeMontis Sabonis. He finds them. The the Kings are playing a more free-flowing half-court offense than they did at any point uh, at all, even with Tyrese Halliburton in the game. And make no mistake about it, Tyrese was the only reason why the Kings had a halfway competent half-court offense, and even he couldn't do it all. Um, so Sabonis, uh, I, I think is a great fit here. The Kings are of course taking a risk with him only being under contract for two more years. If they're not able to re-sign him, it's an absolute disaster. Um, but I also know that the Kings chances of actually being successful and, and winning, maybe making the play in this year. And that would be fantastic, but more importantly, winning as early as next year, putting this team in a position to actually make the playoffs and be a legitimate playoff contender, not championship contender, but playoff contender next year. Sabonis puts the Kings further along that path than they've been really in 15 years. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about the prospect of Sabonis long-term. Um, and I, I'm anxious to see what this team can do together once they actually get some practice time in. Because right now they're just kind of flying off the seat of their pants and don't really know what they're doing. Um, and we've already seen great connections and great chemistry between some of the big guys, uh, Sabonis included. So very excited about the pickup. Very excited about what Sabonis can be long-term. Love the fact that he's 25, Fox is 24, so he fits there. Um, and I think Sabonis can um, turn himself into a, a Kings legend here. Hey, you know, you guys truly did get yourself a really, really good player in DeMontis Sabonis. Uh, but initially, you know, I feared that the fan base might potentially give Sabonis some backlash because Tyrese Halliburton, Halliburton was traded for Sabonis. Do you, has the fan base come around to be like, hey, look, we can bring, blame the front office, but Sabonis is going to be a really good player in Sacramento. Depends on if the Kings win or lose on any given night. The, so. King, the Kings just locked to the Brooklyn Nets in a game where Sabonis struggled, uh, but he only also played 25 minutes, which we have no idea why the hell that was the case. Um, and it wasn't Sabonis's choice either. He And he admitted after the game, he needs to be more aggressive. He needed to look for a shot more and look to score more as the Kings are just chucking up threes uh, and, and obviously failing at it. But the two games before that, the Kings started 2-0. They played very, very well. Granted, they weren't playing the best of teams in those two games, but those two games gave us more excitement than we've had since really opening night of this season. This Kings team, even with Tyrese Halliburton this year, not that it was Tyrese's fault, but this Kings team was completely unwatchable. My least favorite Kings team of all time, certainly that I've covered over the last eight seasons, but in my time in Sacramento, growing up a Kings fan, my absolute least favorite group of Kings players of all time until this trade. And DeMontis Sabonis has directly influenced more positive play. um, And, I mean, he's always going to kind of carry with him here in Sacramento what the Kings traded in order to get him. And he has to live up to that more than he would have to like live up to a contract. Um, But at the same time, the Kings turned a number 12 overall pick in Tyrese Halliburton, who was just in his second season into a guy who's been a multiple time all-star and that is a, a big deal to this fan base as well. So Sabonis and the Kings in general have a lot to live up to to make this trade worthwhile. But more fans, I'd say, than not are excited by the prospect of having Sabonis here. Yeah, and I mean, you you bring it up like the Pacers. This team was awful to watch, too. I mean, they were losing so many close games. It just became like, you know, insanity. The same thing happening over and over again with uh, the same results. And they can figure things out. There's injury after injury. But you know, Lance Stevenson coming back to the team was the only excitement we really had this year. So, 
you know, I, I, I can kind of understand where you're coming from. But um, with that being said, I've, I've caught every Kings game since bonus has been traded. Uh, it's sad to see Jeremy Lamb's already on the injury report after just one game. Uh, but get used to that with him. It, it kind of feels like that's just Jeremy Lamb's and oh, but um, I think this is a great conversation, man. And I'm looking forward to see how both of our teams continue to, to move forward and, and what and what they can do with the roster moving forward. But where can people find all your workout on social media? And uh, do you have anything you'd like to plug before we let you go? No, I appreciate it, guys. It's always a pleasure to join you at the Locked on Kings podcast. If you want any kind of fun, uh, hopefully uh, entertaining, hopefully uh, educational Sacramento Kings content, uh, we we do our best over at Locked on Kings to provide that for you basically on a daily basis uh, on YouTube as well as uh, available wherever you get your podcasts. So check that out. You can follow me or find me on social media at Matt George Sack. And my DMs are open even if we don't follow each other. If you have a Kings-related question or Kings Pacers-related conversation, comments or thoughts about Tyrese Halliburton, anything like that you want to send me uh, I encourage that interaction completely uh, and the one thing that I will say is we hope here in Sacramento that the Kings make the playoffs before the Indiana Pacers do led by Tyrese Halliburton but <laughs> it wouldn't shock us at all if the Pacers somehow leapfrog the Kings like every other team has done probably multiple times at this point over the 15-year playoff drought Oh man, well, that, well, we'll see what happens. I hope we both make the playoffs next year. We both have good runs and our rosters still continue to get better. But Matt, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. All right, Fachi, so the Pacers have one more game Wednesday night. Um, after this Bucks game, we're not going to be able to talk about the Bucks game, but I know we'll be able to talk about that. I think it's the Wizards that play Wednesday, right? Uh, yeah, I believe it's your Wizards. <laughs> oh man, here we go what, with that. What do you mean? Come on, of course. My wizard, you live yeah, right there. Yeah, Wednesday night. I know, I know. You I, I, they're not mine anymore now that they got rid of my guy Aaron Holiday. But uh, oh yeah, that was tough. That was tough. Yeah. So, but they got my guy Ish Smith. So uh, you yep. know, I like Ish. I like Ish. Ish is back in the DC. Double dipping. Yep. They wanted yeah. some more. Yeah, Fachi. But what do you think about that trade, Kristaps Porzingis? I thought that was a terrible move uh, oh my for God. both sides. I mean, I think the Wizards probably got the better end of that deal for sure. If Kristaps is healthy. So essentially they took on, you know, $70 million remaining for Porzingis, a guy that, you know, is always hurt. Um, and then they traded two hurt guys that aren't on good contracts in uh, Davis Bertans and Spencer Dinwiddie. So you know, I think, honestly, it, it was uh, – I don't want to call it a wash, but it, it depends. You know, maybe I think they're both hoping both guys or every guy in this situation needs a change of scenery. Bertans is so bad. I oh, mean, my God. That dude's he, production fell off a cliff. Yeah, so, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think the best thing that happened last night, the Thunder won on yep. Monday night. The Blazers beat the Bucks on Monday night. And I think uh, the Pelicans – Beat the Raptors on Monday night, so these oh, are all Pelicans are getting hot. This is uh, this is good news for the Pacers and their in their tankathon here to the, the 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 best possible odds in the in the uh, NBA draft lottery. So I'm keeping my eyes on that. It's just exciting to to see that. I mean, I mean, I've uh, I've really got to start breaking down some of my college basketball stuff, and I want to I want to learn more about Shaden Sharp. I, this is a guy that's very intriguing to me because of where he is like projected to go in the 2023 draft like he is a one of the top recruits i think for this year or next year like it's it's number one number one recruit in, in college basketball right so yep this is huge like people right now have him in like that five to seven range like should the pacers like look at him i i want to find out more about him i don't know who to go to for that but uh 
I mean, are you intrigued at all by him at all? Fox? I am. A couple things over here. One, the Pacers are a half game out of the fourth spot for fourth best lottery odds behind <laughs> OKC. So we're, we're getting there. Uh, two, as it relates to Shaden Sharp, they, ESPN had a great article out there today essentially saying no number one overall recruit has fell outside of the top 10. But Kentucky also said he will not play for them this year. So I imagine he's still going into the draft because he's probably being assured that he'll be a top 10 pick. This seems like the ultimate, I don't want to call it a mystery box situation because we know this kid's really talented, but having not been able to play in college ball, it could be, you know, it could take some time, but whoever's going to get him, I really do think they're going to get a really special player. And I am intrigued. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll have all that coverage for you later as the season progresses. But all-star break coming up, so we'll have a, a nice break of no games, and we'll do some different things here on the podcast. But, Fachi, uh, let's go ahead and wrap things up. Anything you want to talk about before we uh, close the show out? No, just a little, little bit of an injury update. Look, it doesn't look like we're going to see Isaiah Jackson until after the all-star break. Um, same thing with Chris Duarte. Look, they list Brogdon as questionable. I want to get your opinion on this. Does it make – any sense to have Brogdon come back where maybe he could play a little bit and then have a week off so you can see how his body responds? Or is it just a classic case this guy will be questionable or out for the rest of the year? It's tough, you I mean, because they're trying to lose. I mean, does it really make sense to bring him back? No. I, I don't think it does unless you're really trying to, like, just showcase that he's healthy, you can trade him. I mean, I, I do want to see what you uh, have here with Halliburton. And Brogdon together. I mean, I think it makes a ton of sense to see what you have. Like, if they mesh, like, from the first first time they play together and they look great, then, you know, why would you break them up if you're trying to win now, right? But um, I just don't think that it's a long-term fit. And I talked about that in my article today for eight points and nine seconds. Um, You know, just reading the tea leaves on some of the quotes that Kevin Pritchard threw out there. So uh, not to plug myself, but I, I did touch on five important things. And the injury one is the most important to me, you know. He said, uh, eventually, you have to just say enough is enough when it comes to the injury storyline and what this team could be when healthy. If you're looking at the two guys that have been the most unhealthy outside of Levert, it's been Warren and Brogdon. And that's why I think those guys are like a long shot to come back for next year. And then right below that with this current roster, Miles Turner. So, I mean, your three longest tenured Pacers probably right now at this point, I guess you could say, with those three guys. Um, it feels like those are the guys that could be on the outside looking in uh, come the offseason. It very well could. I mean, there there is a lot of questions to be determined, you know, as it relates to Warren uh, moving forward. I really feel like he can't get on the court. Man, I really don't know how promising it is to, to give him any sort of deal. So we'll have to wait and see. You know, all that will be determined. But for now, I mean, we are staying the course and we are moving <laughs> up that draft lottery board. Let's do it, Fachi. So, um, Tell the people where they can find us at on social media. All right. So you can find us on Twitter at SettingThePace3. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You can find us on Facebook at SettingThePace. You can find us on TikTok at SettingThePace. And if you're excited to see Tyrese Halliburton and the Rising Stars Challenge on Friday night, say these three words. Let's go Pacers!
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.